Hey, what it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked On Bucks. On today's show, the Bucks got embarrassed in Cleveland. They lost 135 to 95. That's a 40-point loss on national TV. So Frank and I are going to take a look at what went, what went wrong for the Bucks, discuss Jay Crowder's return, and attempt to pinpoint the Bucks' biggest problem on defense. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis. You can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me is longtime voice of the pod and founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. We appreciate you for tuning in, and we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Now, Frank, Giannis was a late scratch in this game, bruised right shoulder. He's only day-to-day, so that's some good news for the Bucs because there wasn't much good news in tonight's performance. The Bucs looked bad on both sides of the ball. I mean, during the first matchup against the Cavaliers, the Bucs overcame a 15-point deficit to win the game. They started this game off on the wrong side of a 22-2 run, and they were just never able to truly get back into the game. Got it down to 10 but as I mentioned, the final score, they lost by 40 tonight. Big difference from the last game when they were able to actually put together a comeback effort. Yeah, I mean, the only reason they won the last game was because I, I I was asking, like, well, what were the Cavs from three-point range again last game? Six of 43. Yep. Historically terrible. The Bucks needed every single one of those bricks in order to win that previous game. And tonight, uh, the Cavs go 12 for 28 which is, is very good. It's over 40%. Uh, but if you do some quick math, if you take away every single one of the three-pointers, they still win this game, <laughs> which which just tells you how thoroughly the Bucks got wrecked. And, I mean, <clears throat> I feel like, Camille, we've had to go to the, well, they got their butts kicked, and then they, they didn't throw in the towel. They, they kept fighting, right? Like, that's yeah. what we were harping on uh, after the Rockets loss and the Utah loss. But those games actually like stayed competitive into the second half, into the late second half. This game, the Bucks did make some threes in the second half of the first quarter. Bobby Portis did some stuff. It was 30 to 22 at one point in that basketball game before the Cavs got the last basket of the first quarter. Um, and then everything kind of just, the wheels kind of totally came off once Dame went to the bench to start the second quarter, not that Dame was shooting the ball well at all either. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a terrible game. I mean, the, the Bucks offensive rating tonight, 95, that's worse than any opponent has put up against the Bucks defense this year. The worst, the, the, the best Bucks defensive number this year in a single game in terms of uh, opponent defensive rating was about 96, 97 by the Hornets in that game. You guys might remember they won in a blowout. Uh, in Charlotte. So this Bucks performance is literally the, the offensive performance was the worst performance by any team, the Bucks or opponent uh, in a Bucks in- involved game this year. So uh, put the banner up uh, really something to, to hang your hat on. 
you know, just no shortage of other. I mean, Chris Middleton, we love Chris. Camille, this is a Chris Middleton, pro Chris Middleton podcast, obviously. Absolutely. He was horrendous tonight. One for 10, minus 40, <laughs> minus 40. He looked completely frustrated. Just nothing going right. And Dame misses first, I don't know, five shots or something like that. He was trying to lean into defenders to draw fouls. Refs weren't having any of it. And the Bucks defense, you know, again, yes, the Cavs were making threes. They were making step backs. Donovan Mitchell was dicing and carving them up. Uh, the pick and roll defense, you know, again, Malik Beasley and Dame always two steps slow going over screens. Just kind of a typical, like, Bucks kind of what can go wrong for the Bucks type of performance. But, you know, we're used to seeing the Bucks defense be terrible, but we're less used to the Bucks offense looking terrible. And without Giannis, obviously this team is completely dependent on the perimeter jump shooting and they didn't have it tonight. Again, you could, you could do worse than what they did in terms of three point shooting where they 12 for 42. So just under 30%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, just a miserable performance and, Yes, some some brief flickers of life there in the second half of the first quarter, but for the most part, you know, they threw in the towel pretty pretty soon and uh you know, embarrassed themselves on national television, which yes, the Bucks are missing Giannis, but I mean the Cavs are playing without Darius Garland, who's an all-star, and Evan Mobley, who is not yeah. an all-star, but is a very, very good player. So Bucks have had were missing no one else, and Bucks have been extremely healthy this year. So yeah, I mean, it just sort of underscores, obviously, the concerns that, that we've had about this team and just kind of, you know, in previous years, they would often win when they were missing one, you know, Giannis or one of their better players. And I would call it like an infrastructure win because they sort of had just the bones of a good team. They had a good system. You kind of count on guys to know how to compete and execute on a nightly basis. This year, if Dame's not playing, if Giannis isn't playing, kind of all bets are off. Yeah, all bets are off. And it's a thing, too, where tonight in particular, there's no Giannis. So you understand that going into the game and you expect for it to be a higher usage Dame game. You're expecting it to kind of have the format similar to when they were out Giannis in Toronto, where it was a Dame game. Like he just kind of the ball was in his hands. He facilitated. He did his thing. It's very hard to win without Giannis. And on top of that, you have a bad game from Chris. You have a bad game from Dame. And like you mentioned, very pro 22 on this podcast. Love Chris Middleton. I'm a big Chris Middleton fan. Matter of fact, when I play 2K, I 2K player plays like Chris Middleton. Okay. <laughs> so I love Chris's game. But tonight he just didn't have it. He finished the game 1 of 10 from the field. Like you mentioned, he didn't get that first field goal until the third quarter. And right after that, he was shortly there and pulled. And that was the end of his night. And normally, if Chris is having a bad shooting game, he's still able to affect the game positively in other ways for the team. But even tonight, he wasn't able to do that. I mean, against Boston, he didn't have a good scoring game. He was only, I think, two or nine from the field in that game. But he was able to contribute with defense. He was able to contribute with his playmaking. Against Boston, he had seven assists, no turnovers. And we didn't get that tonight from Chris. And like you mentioned, a minus 40 on the night, more turnovers than assists for him. And Dame, 7 to 20 from the field, 17 points. It's hard to win when your two best players, when you don't have your MVP, 
Giannis, when they're when he's not playing and your other two stars aren't shooting well, it's very, very hard to win offensively like that. We haven't even touched the defense yet, which we will dive into a little bit later. But one thing that stood out to me with the Bucks offense just in general in that first half, well, I shouldn't say first half, this game <laughs> that they were playing in tonight is that it seemed like a lot of iso ball, a lot of foul baiting, and the refs weren't calling many fouls. And at some point, I feel like you have to figure out how the game is being called and then adjust from there. Yeah, Bucks took 10 free throws all night. Dame took three free throws. And you can tell probably four or five of his shots were those little driving runners where he kind of leads into guys and he often gets that call. And to be honest, I think that play in general is like an annoying foul call. Like it's amazing how often um, referees reward offensive players for kind of just going at speed and throwing the ball up. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like as a Bucks fan, you love it when Dame is the one getting those calls, but you know, as you said, like read the room, you know, like how many times do you need to do that? and not get a whistle before you kind of say like, all right, I got to do something different, but didn't happen. And, you know, not just Dame or Chris, I mean, Malik Beasley goes one for six, nine for 36, Chris, Dame, Beasley. I mean, you you can't, this is offense can't score points. If Giannis isn't playing and those, those three guys don't make any shots, you know, you can, I mean, a number of other guys did shoot over 50%. You know, Bobby had a solid night in terms of scoring efficiency. We'll talk about Jay in a minute. A lot of that came in garbage time from Jay. Yeah. Um, you know, campaign hit shots. <laughs> campaign, <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it doesn't matter, you know, if you get some bench contributions when the core guys who are, who are, you know, using up most of your possessions are, are struggling so much. And, you know, give the Cavs defense credit. You know, they didn't give up anything easy. And we saw how imbalanced the Bucks' offense is. Well, they don't have Giannis. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he's the engine that creates all those pain points typically. And, you know, without that, they just obviously were just completely toothless tonight. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you you did give Cleveland's defense some, some love there because I looked before the game and I checked after the game as well, which I believe now includes this Bucks game. But heading into the game, the Bucks or the Cavaliers had the best defensive rating in the league over the last two weeks. And I was like, well, who have they played? Cause I know they've been on the win streak. It's up to six now after beating the bucks. And I was like, okay, they beat the wizards twice. They beat the spurs, they beat the nets, they beat the bulls. So I was like, okay, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe the defensive numbers are looking so good for Cleveland because of who they've been playing. And then they came out here tonight and they shut me up really quick watching how uh, this bucks offense looked against them. But they're like you mentioned, there's not too many positive things to really take from the offense, from the defense in this game. But if I had to point to one bright spot in the game, it's the fact that Jay Crowder returned from injury tonight. And some way, like garbage time actually ended up, I think, being somewhat of a positive for him. And we can dive a little bit deeper into that coming up next. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And honestly, it's no wonder why that is. Like, it's legit the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. You don't have to worry about battling thousands of other players, which normally includes those pros and the sharks who do this professionally. With Prize Picks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in. Like, hey, Y'all know me at this point now. I like my money when I win it and I want it quickly. 
I can be patient about a lot of things. I've been patient with this Bucks defense, but I'm not patient about my money. And that's why I love prize picks as well, because you get really quick withdrawals. You get quick withdrawals plus easy gameplay, plus an enormous selection of players and stat types, which all adds up to make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So head over to prizepicks.com slash locked on bucks. I'm sorry, slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for the first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level in the new year? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Like LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and they might not have the time or resources to hire. So thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, it's quick, and it's easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Bucks, especially after tough losses like this. Special shout out to the everydayers who tune in Monday through Friday. And if you enjoy what we do here at Locked On Bucks, I got to put you up on something else that you might enjoy because Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you with 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day. Is brought to you by all the local experts of Locked On. Plus, you get our national shows that cover every league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Looking on the bright side here. As bright as we can in a game where you lose by 40 points. As mentioned, Jay Crowder did return from injury tonight. It's his first game back since he entered himself on November 11th against Orlando Magic. And... Jay had about seven minutes in the first half. He was able to finish the game with 19 minutes, in large part because the game was out of hand in the fourth, and he was able to spend the fourth quarter just getting in some game reps coming back from injury. He was able to put up as many shots as he wanted to, uh, which served him well, I think, because he started the game off pretty cold from the field, and he was able to at least uh, knock down a few shots there at the end of the game, get into a rhythm. So in my book, that's a positive, getting him back, getting him some reps, and getting him some more uh, in-game experience. The Bucks won the fourth quarter, Camille, 28-27. There we go. Another, <clears throat> another victory. <laughs> Probably the weirdest stat from this game. You know, we often say that that single game plus minus can, can lie. Uh, George Niang, 13 of 14 from the field tonight, 33 points. He's probably still out shooting and hitting floaters uh, on the on the court right now while everybody else is, has left. Uh, George Niang, 33 points in 27 minutes, career high, 27, 33 points, had a plus minus of zero. 
the the Cavs starters all had plus minuses between plus thirty three and plus forty, and George Niang somehow had a plus thirty three of of zero. Uh, and I will blame Jay Crowder because Jay Crowder, uh, as you referenced, four out of ten from three, fifteen points on five of thirteen. Uh, um, only a minus three, Camille. Yeah. In this game, that that is uh that's you that's heroic. That. That's heroic work from Jay Crowder. Uh, don't blame Jay Crowder for the uh, bludgeoning that the Bucks suffered in this game. Uh, yeah, and look, I was kind of paying more attention to him offensively, honestly, defensively. Like, you know, burn the videotape. I don't, I don't know what to make of any of this. So let's let's see what Jay does kind of over these next few games. Uh, we'll try to. I'm going to try to focus a little bit more on what he's doing defensively, but. I'm going to go ahead and say nobody was defending well for the Bucks tonight, <laughs> particularly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as you kind of guys called out the other day, I mean, he was shooting really well from three early in the year. Again, how realistic is it that he's going to shoot, you know, whatever is cl- close to 50% for the 50, field? Yeah. Uh, probably not. But, you know, if he's in the high 30s, maybe touching 40% from three uh, overall, Obviously, that's a, a huge a huge swing relative to if he's shooting low 30s or something like that, which for a guy like him who is pretty reliant on his three-point shot in terms of how he contributes offensively, and he's a guy that has had some wild swings in playoff series. Some series he shot really well. Some series he shot really poorly. Um, you know, that's a bellwether for, honestly, like Jay's value and and what he brings is, is, is he hitting three-point shots. Now, he can do a little bit of other stuff offensively, but... You know his his primary value is going to be as a spot up guy mm-hmm. in the corners or you know on the wings or whatever it might be. So uh, you never know coming back from kind of the type of muscle injury that he's coming back from how quick he's going to be able to adapt and kind of get his legs back. A lot of times we've seen it. You know, like Chris for instance, Chris has had his three point shot has kind of been the last thing that's typically come back when he's had these injuries to his knees. Uh, so especially for a guy like Jay who's not scoring in many other ways. Uh, obviously, the hope is that what we saw tonight is reflective of the fact that he's he's not going to need a whole lot of ramp up, and hopefully, we'll be able to kind of rediscover that shooting form that he had in the first couple weeks of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, what do you make of a game like this? Probably not a whole lot, but honestly, it's like the the problems we saw tonight defensively. I mean, we've been seeing them all season, right? And I think kind of we're at the point now where you know I don't think any of us are saying like, oh, just give them a little more time to gel, you know, like they'll figure it out. Right. I'm just going to assume they're not going to figure anything out. And <laughs> if they do fantastic, but uh, I'm not expecting Jay's going to rescue them, save them. Again, as we've talked about, maybe Jay gives them a bit of a, you know, different pitch that they can use in terms of going small more often with Jay at the four, Giannis at the five, but let's wait till Giannis actually plays a basketball game before that happens. And let me ask you, Camille, I find it very annoying. I'm not like a, you know, like a, a prize picks, like big, like, you know, par, you know, a fantasy parlays. better parlays, all that stuff, you know, play individual player bets and things like that. But if you are, I imagine it's got to be pretty annoying or, you know, you're betting on this game or whatever. Pretty annoying. Giannis, we know he had a shoulder injury because he was like questionable for the previous game on Sunday and Saturday, Sunday with this injury. He plays, then he isn't on the injury report for, you know, whatever you know, leading up to this game. And then all of a sudden the afternoon of the game, all of a sudden he goes from not being on the injury report to being out with the shoulder contusion. Like, again, I'm not a gambler really, but given kind of the direction the league is going, like 
I mean, that just doesn't seem like the way that injury reports are supposed to be done by the team. Like if I'm the NBA, I'm not really pleased with the Bucks that all of a sudden Giannis goes from fine to, to being out. Right. Uh, and of course it's a fan. Yeah, of course I always want to see Giannis play, but I also understand, look, they had a couple of off days before this, they get a couple of off days here uh, leading up to the next game. So they are able to stack some rest for him and, and we'll see. I mean, maybe he's going to miss one of these Pistons games as well. Do I trust the Bucks to beat the Pistons without Giannis uh, after tonight? Maybe not, but um, we'll see. Uh, probably whether he rests in one of those games will be a good indicator of exactly how banged up that shoulder is, but certainly didn't necessarily look like the normal Giannis over the weekend in terms of kind of overall dominance. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, good to get Jay Carter back when Giannis is out, but uh, let's just say it didn't feel like a very uh, good trade uh, on a night like this. No, absolutely. And as a prize picks player, as I've mentioned before, what they'll do in a situation like this is they'll actually reboot the entry. So it'll yeah. act like he didn't like it's not counting against whatever yep. you bet. So if you did a five pick, it'll just revert it to a four pick and you go from there. But everyone doesn't do that. Hey, look, we, we turn this into a prize picks ad read, like a back exactly. prize, prize picks pick. ad read. Doing my job. I'm doing my job. But um, one thing to your point about Jay's return and how it comes without Giannis and how that affects things. So you have Andre Jackson Jr. starting for Giannis in his place, and you're not going to get that offensive firepower there. So, again, you were hoping it came from Chris and from Dane, but it didn't. But one thing it made me think about with this game is the bench scoring, right? Having Jay back gives you another 10, maybe 15 points for your bench, you hope. Um, and bench scoring has been an area for the Bucks that has been very up and down. It's been pretty much just dependent upon what Bobby Portis can do uh, along with Pat Connington. So having another guy who you can count on to knock down some open shots uh, should be a boost for them in some minutes when, you know, they have to put them starters on the bench since they can't play a full game. And as you mentioned with the defense, like a lot of the issues that we saw here tonight with the Bucks defense are things that we have been talking about this entire season so far. There are many different things you can point to when you look at what's wrong with the Bucks defense. And I would like to attempt to figure out what is the biggest problem with the Bucks defense. Now, that's a tall order because, again, there are quite a few things working against uh, the Bucks defense right now. But when we come back, let's try to pinpoint the biggest thing for that defense. What's that problem? Sometimes I have a bad habit of waiting until the last minute to make a decision. That bites me in the butt in many different ways, but one way that it doesn't is when I'm thinking about buying a ticket to a game or an event that I have interest in. Because with game time, I can wait until the last minute to make a decision if I want to go or not. Because game time has killer last minute deals. You see all in prices. You can see the views from your seat. Plus, they guarantee the best price. So game time just takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. One of my favorite game time features is the ability to see the views from the seat. So like if I'm going to a venue I've never been before, being able to see what the view will look like from where I'm sitting at is so clutch. I love looking at that before I purchase tickets. It's just really clutch to be able to see that view before you buy your seat. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive there. Game Time is truly the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, 
Create an account and redeem the code Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Bucks defense, Bucks defense, Bucks defense. All right, tonight was the Bucks' forty-first game. We're officially halfway through the season now, and the Bucks sit at a twenty-eight and thirteen record. Mentioned it ahead of this previous break. There are a lot of different things you can point to when you're trying to figure out what is wrong with the Bucks' defense. But at this point, halfway through the season, Frank, what do you think is the biggest issue defensively for this team? Well, I mean, obviously we made a big deal early in the season when they went back to dropping Brooke Lopez for the most part, right? So, I mean, I think Brooke is mostly playing in the relative place that that he should be. Um, I think the the biggest just sort of thing that just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and which ties into what we're seeing in the data as well and and where that they're really, you know, having issues is, you know, one of the main you know, sort of tenets of of Adrian Griffin's defense was they wanted to pressure the ball. We see them do this where guards, you know, try to get up um, in the opponent, you know, 30, 40 feet from the basket sometimes. We see obviously Bobby Portis, you know, hedging really hard and having to recover. Um, so they, they do try to do a lot of things out on the perimeter to apply pressure. And what has it gotten them? They are dead last in terms of turnover rate. Yep. The whole point, I think, of doing this was that they wanted to force more turnovers. And the irony of this is that it was like Adrian Griffin was treating this team like the Raptors that he coached before this, who could not score in the half court, who could not really score easily, period. So they needed to force turnovers to get easy baskets. And so it just felt like, well, this is what I, we've been doing at my other team, and I, I don't really know what else to do, so I'm just going to try to copy paste that under this team with entirely different personnel. And obviously, you know, again, we've said it a million times very late in the summer, right ahead of training camp, you get a massive move and shake up to the roster with Dame coming in for drew holiday campaign that comes in right after that as well. So like you're doubling down on sort of these small guards that don't play a whole lot of defense versus last year, having drew holiday and Javon Carter. But that said, you know, like, the Bucks. I've I've, had, I've I've had a few people like kind of <clears throat> speculate. Well, did they hire Griff like wanting to play this way at defense because like they thought Brook Lopez might leave? And to that, my response is like, first off, when they hired Griffin, it was early June. They still thought they were they were fully expecting Brook Lopez to resign. It really only was kind of late in June that things got a bit scary that he might leave for Houston. More importantly, if you can coach defense at all, you should know how to coach a very good rim protecting drop defender right like this is not rocket science and so you know basically as soon as you show up and you do something different you're kind of like you know misspelling your name on the test kind of thing like that's the easy part right um so they've got you know they were able to kind of revert back to some of the stuff they were doing previously but again i just think they need to figure out how to be even more conservative because what they're doing to me just sets up driving lanes blow by lanes um, and puts Brooke Lopez and, and Giannis and Bobby Portis, you know, more in the crosshairs. And again, you're just making life difficult on your big men who are the strength of your defense. So I mean, you're going to rely on them, I think, a lot to be even average defensively with this personnel, especially with the guard personnel that they have. Uh, but it just seems kind of self-defeating, right? Like, what are you really 
hoping to get out of this. And if you're not creating any turnovers by playing this way, right. then what are you what are you getting out of it, right? We have just haven't seen any again any trajectory of improvement really with this team defensively. And so they're just kind of a, a team without an identity, right? What do they do well? Yep. Like what are what are they trying to do well and what do they actually do well? I mean, the irony is like one of the things that they do well is they limit opponent three-point shots, which we didn't think was going to happen. Like we we were like, oh well, Griffin's going to want to be you know more aggressive, so they're probably going to help more, and you know they're going to be chasing the ball, and they're you know hopefully they'll be good at other stuff because they're going to give up a lot of threes. Well, they don't give up many threes at all because teams just can get to the paint and get layups on them. So it's like they've the things that they're good at are like kind of accidents of their the things that they're bad at basically. Um, and you know, that's how you end up with a bottom 10 defense. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Is there any big shakeup that's still going to happen? I, I mean, we're halfway through the season, so clock is ticking. It's never couple too late, weeks, but a couple of weeks away yeah. from the trade deadline, we're going to see, we're going to see. And I think your point is a really good one because for me, I still go back to that point of attack defense because that's such a crucial part of the defense. Like, we're seeing the numbers that they're giving up in the paint. And I believe tonight they gave up like 74 points in the paint to the Cavaliers, which is terrible. Like that's terrible. And on the season, they're 25th in the league with giving up opponent points in the paint, which is a far drop. Last season, they were 13th points in the paint, opponent points in the paint. And that last year was like, hey, they're slipping a bit because the year before that they were fourth in the league. Like they just didn't give up points in the paint. So you're seeing this team leak points in the paint. And a large part of that comes from the lack of perimeter defense. Like the point of attack defense is just so bad. Guys are just having a straight line to the basket and Brooks defending too. Like it's putting him in a bad spot. Like we know Brooke is good at playing defense. Like he's an all defensive type of center and yet and still, it's not good enough because he is just being under attack consistently with this team. And it just leads to a host of so many problems because even when Brooke is averting his attention to try to stop whoever penetrated at that point, it's someone else who's going to like, if the shot does miss, let's say he does play defense and they do miss the shot. Now he's out of position and he can't even box out to try to help his team secure the rebound to end the possession. So then second chance points happens, and then you're just in this terrible, terrible string of, of like, it's just one of those things where you just, you just look and you see everybody just kind of go like, oh, like, it's just like a, like a deflating moment when you're just seeing the teams constantly do the same things over and over and over. And that's a problem. And I'm looking at the team and I'm like, personnel like we just mentioned we're about what three weeks away from the trade deadline now at this point like is there a move they can make to try to solidify that get somebody in here who can be stronger point of attack we're gonna have to see but uh it's got the bucks defense looking very uncharacteristic with how much they're giving up in the paint which to your point about what griff is looking to do you would think that would be an area that he would prioritize as well but it hasn't looked that way so far yeah and like we talked about, I think a week or two ago, they really haven't tried that much stuff either. Like they've been, you know, this, he's been far less willing to to play Giannis at center than Bud ever was. And certainly a lot of that, you know, well, some of that certainly ties to, to Jay being out, but again, you can find other ways to, to go small, right. Especially with Andre, we saw them experimenting a little bit with that. Um, so yeah, it's just a, I, it's been a, just a strange first half of the season. And 
again, like somehow, some way, you're still second in the East, so that's good. But, you know, I think what we saw tonight is a bit of a warning shot, you know, from the Cavs. Mm -hmm. You get them twice at home um, after this two games against the Pistons. And assuming you can take care of the Pistons in those games, you know, if the Cavs keep winning, they're only going to be, they're now two games behind you in the loss column, right? So God forbid they beat you twice at home, then you're even in the loss column and you've got other teams chasing you in terms of the East standing. So I think, you know, because the Bucks have just been in second for essentially the entirety of the season almost, I think it's built up sort of this degree of, well, complacency isn't the right word because I don't think the players necessarily like look at that and base, you know, like how much they're trying based on where they, they are in the standings. But I think in terms of how we perceive them, like, you know, as Bucks fans, we've gotten a little bit comfortable. It's like, ah, we're still mm-hmm. second, you know, like, oh, people saying that, like, things are so bad. We're in second, you know, <laughs> like we're closer to second than we are, you know, fourth or, or then or closer to, to, to first than we are fourth or whatever, however you want to think about it. Right. But, you know, now you're even with Philly in the loss column. Cleveland is at 24 and 15. And then you've got the Knicks, Heat and Pacers all with 17 losses. So, you know, what if Dame is out for two weeks with, you know, some random injury, right? Knock on wood. What if, God forbid, Giannis misses a week or yeah. two with with whatever, right? We just sort of assume that won't happen. He's been remarkably healthy. But, you know, you've had remarkable health luck all season to get to where you are. And so if things kind of swing against you again, I think it's fair to question just how resilient is this team going to be? Because uh, resilience is not a word I would uh, associate with this team after watching tonight's effort. Uh, they kind of just, you know, uh, folded like, uh, I don't know, Fold like some kind of folding chair, Camille. It's too late for me to have good analogies, but uh, they uh, they just kind of crumpled and uh, looked like they were ready to go home. Yeah, uh, early in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was it was after the second quarter. It felt like that game was already over, to be honest. But hey, like you mentioned, they do get Cleveland after this upcoming two game series against Detroit. So up next for the Bucks, a Saturday afternoon showdown against the Pistons in Detroit. It'll be the first game of a Detroit doubleheader before the Bucks come back home and face the Cavaliers in two consecutive games. Appreciate that Bucks game being early, 2 p.m. start, I believe, on Saturday, uh, which, you know, if you're a Wisconsin sports fan and you might be interested in a football team that hails from Green Bay, should be able to finish up the Bucks game and then head right on into that Packers game. So uh, it should be a fun weekend, hopefully, uh, for Wisconsin sports. And I would love to have those who are watching on YouTube drop in the comments and let us know what you actually think that the Bucks' biggest offensive problem is. Because I'm, I'm curious just to know what people are thinking um, after having a half of a season of this team to watch. So, Frank, I think it's time for us to get up out of here. I think we, we've talked enough about the, the slaughter in, in Cleveland this evening. So to everybody listening, make sure that you head over to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's going to be a lot of good content over there. So make sure you check that out after we close here. For Frank and myself, we're going to catch you later.